Uh, happy Thursday. Happy Radiant Living Show Day. And we have lots of things to chat see about today, right? Yes. <laughs> I went there. I um it's this time of year really invites invites a going in. Super, super, super going in. So um what we well my name is Daniela. I'm one of the educators at Radiant Living at Yoga Farm and this is Jeannie. I think you might have already said that. I don't know. And, <laughs> and that's Christopher. Christopher's our tech Say person. Say hi. hi. He's a wizard here. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. And we um we wanted to talk about what comes up for a lot of people around the holiday season. Um, not only just tension and for some people what they perceive as added stress um, and there can be like a freneticness. Right. to this to this season um people sometimes have expectations of course or you perceive people have expectations you may have your own expectations of of the holidays um and we're really mainly speaking to thanksgiving and hanukkah and christmas and and a lot of family time stuff when when people we perceive have expectations of us and we have expectations of what what the event is going to be like and what the outcome is going to be like and a lot of people put a lot of weight on this time of year and it can be radically compounded when people are navigating in particular their very first holiday season without someone that they are used to having there in their lives um, whether it's because of separation due to a, a dynamic in a family changing, whether, you know, separation or divorce or somebody moves, um, or it's you're, somebody's navigating grief that goes along with uh, loss and death of someone that they love and cherish. It um, absolutely is a whole other dimension to the holiday season. Mm -hmm. so, so that was on our mind today. And so we want to talk a little bit about that. And then how we can, um, if we're not, if we happen to not be someone this holiday season navigating sorrow as it relates to the grief of change, um, how can we best really be there for people that are, especially for those who are navigating the very first holiday season without someone that they cherish? Yeah, and if you're, if you know someone or you yourself are navigating these things or you just witness through the years that this time of year doesn't often invoke a whole lot of excitement or thrill for you and instead there are different feelings and emotions that come along with this season or just come along because the the days are dark very quickly uh there there seems to be a sudden onset at least here in the ithaca area of really really cold temperatures uh, and, and it can impact our bodies and our minds and our general energy level and spirit. And, and there is something quite beautiful about coming together in community uh, and sharing learning experiences and just sharing growth, even when it sounds really appealing to just sit next to the wood stove or to stay snuggled into your couch and in bed. Um, it, you know, it's, what it reminds me of is that when I would teach history, like way back in the day, uh, 
before we had electricity, right? And before we could just like create all of this artificial light and brightness in our days, I mean, it gets dark at what, what, 4.45 right now? Yeah, 4.45. So like anybody noticing that three hours later, they're like, it's bedtime, right? I'm tired. Uh, it's midnight, it feels like, and it's 7.30. Well, people used to go to sleep at 7.30 at night. Now, what would happen, because I think anybody that goes to sleep at 7.30 at night, you're gonna wake up at 1.30 in the morning and be like, they would get together with their neighbors at 1.30 in the morning and play board games. <gasps> New trend! New! We're not doing <laughs> They would, I mean, maybe if we went to bed at 7.30. No, 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 I mean that. Let's try it. We can try it. So you get up in the middle of the night, you're awake, you've been sleeping for five or six hours, you walk to the neighbor's house, you get bundled, maybe you're on a horse. Jacksonville. Go over, <laughs> there's a fire, you pick whose house you're gonna be at, and there's, you play checkers, or you listen to music, or you play music, something soothing, drink some tea, and then a couple hours later, you're ready to go back to sleep, and you have second sleep. Who doesn't wanna have second sleep? It's not like a hobbit thing. It, well, yeah, because it's like second breakfast. Because it's like second breakfast. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> we are this wired. We are wired as humans, even in the darkness, even in the cold, to figure out ways to come together in the warmth and to create community. Um, which ties in really with our theme of the day of change and loss and, and grief and, and um, impermanence. I think one of the, the great exercises that is of value that you can do for yourself is to identify what, what expectations do you have even just putting them on paper and don't don't question whether they're valid or legit or why or, yeah like don't worry about that it's sort of like just putting your well as Byron Katie says putting your mind on paper just as in a list form to really to take an inventory of what is it that what is it that you're expecting and what is it that you want because then once you, it's kind of like you're putting down a, a grocery list right and then you can actually see well, what do I really need or that may not be the best example anyway putting your mind on paper and then you can take a look at it and start to examine what is it that you're believing about the holidays? What is it that you're believing about your in-laws? What is it that you're wanting? And most importantly, to really take time to connect with what is it that you want as a felt experience during the holidays? Whether you're navigating grief or not, there are I, I remember a few of my first holidays without someone that I really uh, cherished. And I had to ask myself, what, what is it that I really want? And, and what I want is really best honed in on when I'm able to define what is the feeling I want to experience. So what I want isn't necessarily something concrete or tangible but it's a way of experiencing the living moment. So for me, there were several holidays where what I wanted to experience was the truthfulness of my sorrow. And so I made sure that I went to places and I, and I had people around me that would, would my, my truthfulness wasn't going to like damper 
right. was going to put put their happy Yule log out for free. <laughs> right, or or ha or they're you know feel sorry or mm. or um, like like they needed to do something to cheer me up. I think that's one of the hardest things for people when they well intended are around someone that's navigate that's that's in the throes of navigating a, a significant life change um, again whether it's due to death or separation yeah, is, is yes exactly um, is is that that we want we mistakenly or unquestioned we, we don't question um, or have awareness of I'm I'm trying to make this person feel better mm. and one of the things that is most valuable for, for anyone navigating loss, bereavement, grief and it, with change is to simply allow them to just be outspoken with what they're feeling and what they're thinking and what their experience is without attempting to change the way they're feeling or without attempting to have them see the better side or see the other side or to give advice to change the way they're feeling. We have a real addiction in our culture to not only changing the way we're feeling when we're not aware that that's what we're doing, we want to change the way other people are feeling because their discomfort can sometimes be so uncomfortable for mm. us to be with. So that is one of the greatest services that you can give yourself is to start to even take inventory of where are you unwilling to be with your own discomfort in your life? And to start to pay attention to when people share with you, again, you're just taking a baseline, seeing like, where are you at? What is your degree of comfort or discomfort when other people are sharing with you what's going on in their life? Because that's why we so quickly go to the, I, I have something to fix it mm -hmm. and make it better for you. So you don't feel that thing you're feeling. So we'll talk in a little bit about what's, what else can you do instead? So I think as one of my, very precious friends, Jane, will say, I think I just went to Paris and back. No. <laughs> I love that. She says a few things that, that resonate with me so much. I love uh, when she says, um, well, this is how life looks when it's working. And I just went to Paris and back. I just took you to Paris and back. I don't even know what thread I started out on. I love that. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> so great. Yeah. I, and oh, start, somewhere in all that was putting your own mind on paper about expectations. Mm -hmm. What do you want? Mm -hmm. And what's the feeling you want to experience this holiday season for you? Yeah. Because it might be to process through grief or to really hold the space for this holiday is different. And it's, it's that change that is the most uncomfortable right now. Uh, or, you know, as just an example thinking about it in, in that context. I know that my first holiday season without my grandmother, and it had been a long time since I had spent actual mm -hmm. holidays with her, having my own family and, and not living in close proximity. And just like not getting that Merry Christmas phone call from her in the morning, um, it was such a small thing and such a big thing because many of the big things are, are pretty small. And it threw me for a loop for, for a lot of the day. It was, you know, missing that, the sound of her voice, um, you know, and I was able in that time to just sit 
and imagine and to conjure and to hear her voice, the memory of her voice in my mind of that, you know, Merry Christmas, Jeannie. I can, I can hear it uh, as I say it out of my mouth. Um, and knowing that I had, you know, many, many years of that blessing and, um, and that I have a memory of it and being with that memory. And it did invoke a lot of sadness and a lot of emptiness and a lot of loss and to be able to allow and just allow, you know, and uh, what, a, what a gift that was too. And to allow in those moments when you're replaying what it would sound like to hear someone, noticing that you're, whatever you're feeling, one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is the, the allowance of feeling what you're feeling because our feelings are felt in our bodies. They're not felt up here. It's so, so funny that, that, and if we don't get that, we don't get it. Mm. And when you get it, you get it and you won't, you won't forget it. Right. But our, mis sometimes we can mistakenly think, well, I feel sorry. I'm sad and I feel sorrow. Well, yes, there are thoughts that um, are conveying what you are missing and what you're longing. I miss the phone call. That's a, that's a thought that's happening up here. Then the sorrow isn't up here. The sorrow is here. And that's what our, we, in our, in our culture, have a very, very um, weak muscle in. Is, is allowing ourselves to be with a thought, I miss that phone call. And then letting the feeling of sorrow, because sorrow is not happening up here. Sorrow happens in our bodies. And letting ourselves just be with the feeling and not thinking I'm feeling sorrow, because then we're up here, we're back up here again, right? If we're like, I'm, I'm feeling sorrow in my body is still a thought. Actually feeling it and noticing where in your body the sorrow is sitting or moving or pulsing or throbbing. When we just sit with the discomfort or the truth of our feeling in our body, that's where something extraordinary happens. Because we interrupt this process is one of the reasons we have so many addictions that are active in our lives because we don't know how to be with the fullness of that process. So we quickly turn to something outside of us to change the way we're feeling. Yet, when we allow ourselves to let the, to, to go into the feeling, to feel where that ache is or that throb is, it's not unusual that we find something very, very profound as though it's a, um, like I like to say, all treasure is buried deep. When we allow ourselves to go into the depth of a feeling, there's something there, there's a jewel there. And it's only there if we can stay with the feeling of it and not in the analysis of it. So this is, this is, this is one of the, the, the tools that we teach here at, at Radiant Living. And, um, and if this is speaking to you and you'd like to learn more about it, we'd be happy to, to, to give you some guidance. Um, sometimes it's, it's, very, it's very slippery to try to do on your mm -hmm. own yeah. because we're so accustomed to thinking about what we're feeling versus actually feeling that um, we'd be more than happy to, to help you through that process. Um, and, and there, is, there, is such a, there is such wisdom 
buried deep in the truth of our feelings. That it is, it is a journey worth exploring. And it can be um, an uncomfortable process and a really beautiful process. So, you know, I just love to reiterate that for people who are just setting out on any kind of awareness or inquiry practices, it's like, sometimes it's like in the, in the middle of it, this overwhelming, bubbly, joyful feeling isn't coming up <laughs> and, and, and it's a, maybe even frustration or a tightness or, uh, you know, other sensations that are coming up. I, I think a lot of our students will question some of what we're doing through, through this pathway. And they're like, I mean, I got a message today from a dear friend that's like, okay, so I'm doing the work and when does the magic happen? And it's like, well, it is. And sometimes it's a little uncomfortable to go through it in order to, to see in a different way and to have a different perspective. And, and I encourage people to just play with this journey through the holidays, you know, what, noticing at what point in this whole uh, rigmarole and, and busyness and to-do lists and Pinteresting things that will look cute on the table, uh, where is their excitement? Where is their fun? Where is their childlike curiosity? Where is their stress? Where is their adding to your list rather than taking away? And what is the experience of that? Uh, and just being with the full range and, and to start to let go of, well, it's the holidays, I'm supposed to be happy, or it's supposed to be joyful, or, um, or maybe even I remember a time that the holidays were much more joyful for me than they are right now. Uh, and just being with all of it. Mm. Mm. One of the things I'm present to is um, whatever you want, be. <laughs> right? So two of the greatest inhibitors to, and I don't know this person, and um, as a con as at the level that the conceptual level, the, some of the greatest inhibitors to magic arising in our lives is our is our number one our own lack of awareness of what we're thinking and believing true and the way we're describing life all day long. Another great inventory we can take is to notice how much do we complain? How much of our thinking throughout the day is critical about what we're observing or seeing or perceiving about ourselves, others, and events in life. What is the quality of our, of, our, of our inner dialogue every day? Magic needs fertile ground. Mm -hmm. And seriousness and busyness and habitual complaining are great inhibitors of, 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 of magic's ability to, to get to you. <laughs> so again, not... not not knowing what's going on with this person that yeah that mm -hmm. so if you want magic in your life start by taking inventory of you know how fun are you to be with you mm -hmm. really are you the funnest person you know to be with um make that a quest for 2020 mm -hmm. is how much fun how delightful am i with myself how much do i love being with myself that's a really potent, that's a potent inquiry. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get very quickly 
to see what is it really like to be with you and how, how delightful are you to be with you? And it's a game changer when that switch actually flips in the other direction. You know, like I can, I can only speak of my own experience in this and I definitely remember a time where being alone, whew, it was like, where are my distractions? What, what can I possibly, who can I call? And this was when actually people talked on the phone. I mean, I remember being on the phone with people for like three hours because I'd rather be talking on the phone with a friend or with my grandmother. Mm -hmm. I talked on the phone with my grandmother for like five hours a day. I don't even know how I have that much time. <laughs> and, um, and all of a sudden, the realization that the most fun that I can have in my day is very often when I am completely by myself. <laughs> And, and that it can be a complete riot. And, 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 uh, and sometimes the, the question that pops up now is like, if I'm gonna go hang out with someone, is it gonna be more fun than hanging out with me? That's, that, that was the, my million dollar question in choosing to be in partnership with Christopher. Mm. Is, is it, will it be as fun or more fun than the fun I, I have completely with just myself? Right. Yeah. Which became, which was a yes. Goes without saying. Yeah. So, so that was my litmus for. So, mm -hmm. I, that that's the greatest gauge of friendship is, um, um, you know, cultivating your own garden, your sacred, your sacred garden, mm -hmm. and who's in it is. Um, what's the quality of 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 the of the people that you're spending time with? What is the what is the quality of that of that interaction? Mm -hmm. What is the energy around that? How, 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 up, how much do you uplift one another? Right. So good. So, so, so take a look folks at what your first and foremost, some expectations, flush out any expectations um, and be really, again, I love, I love Byron Katie's wisdom. Uh, don't be spiritual, be honest. Like what are your honest expectations? I expect Aunt Matilda to be at both Thanksgiving or Christmas, whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. just be honest with it. Don't be spiritual. Don't be anything other than just flush it out. The more truthful that we can be with, with what's going on in our mind, like it's not going away just because we don't put it down on paper. It's still there. So for God's sake, at least put it on paper and see what's up. Mm -hmm. um, and so then you can take inventory and ask, you know, well, well, what are the, what are, what is the impact of my upholding that expectation what's the effect on another what might it be like for now you start to play a little bit wow what might it be like for Aunt Matilda um, if I have that expectation what if she you know getting into her world so you can start to take your beliefs and start to examine them from from with a little bit of distance and then thirdly looking at and connecting to what is it that what is the feeling of the experience you you cherish so much that you would want to experience over this holiday and and hold that as your north star and your anchor and you can align your choices with what feeling you wish to experience so if for, if for me my what i really valued was being able to be truthful with my sorrow i would go places where i believed that was going to be honored I wouldn't go somewhere where, where it was just a, I don't know, like a marching band. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what you do. The Macy's what, Thanksgiving Day Thank you. Thank you. Unless that 
unless I believed that that environment was going to help me to fulfill my heart's longing, which is to be truthful with, the, with to be with the truthfulness of my sorrow. If Macy's Day Parade is, is going to fulfill that because maybe I have a precious memory of the person I'm missing and that's where we would go and I could just cry through the whole thing, great, go for it. So, so you can now start to align your choices with, the, with what you want and what you want being a feeling you cherish, not an expectation of another. Make what you want be about what you cherish, the feeling you long to, to experience. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I think really is a great holiday practice because I, I love um, part of one of my roles and it's been for many years and I think probably for Jamie as well, is being very comfortable in helping people come into the awareness of grief, change, and death in life. In our culture, again, we do a great job of focusing in on youth, beauty, permanence, and life. And we like to keep the other stuff way over here. Mm -hmm. So one of the practices, if you really wanna go for it this holiday season and carry on forevermore, and this will be one of the practices in the Keys course in February, the very first one, the very first week, is the following. So imagine your life if you literally took this on and lived it, okay? Look at and relate to everything and everyone around you as if you were seeing them for the last time. Imagine your life if you lived as the awareness that every time you left your home, every time you left your car, time you left your dog, every time you left your spouse, it could be the very last time that you see them. Can you imagine the implications in your life? Now some of you may actually be feeling something in your body right now, just being with that. It may feel like horrifying. That For some of you, that might be the most horrifying exercise <laughs> that I could what I will tell you is that exercise, if that horrifies you, is what stands between you and living your most exceptional life. Your willingness to actually be with that. If it's horrifying, it means you have work to do. If it terrifies you, you can either keep hiding or you can lean in. And we, well, that's all I'll say about that. Imagine your life. Imagine who you would be, how you would treat people if every time you interacted with them, or every time you left your home, you had an awareness. It doesn't mean an obsession that sends you down into a, well, you know what, go for it. If it sends you there, go for it. <laughs> I'm just picturing in my mind. <laughs> if I actually <laughs> behaved like I can have the awareness, right? <laughs> and have the awareness. But if I behaved like when, you know, Matt left the house, like it was the last time I'm gonna see him, like there would be this epic goodbye, right? There would be an epic goodbye. And, and at first there is, if, if you really start taking this on and you've never done it before, there will be an epic goodbye. Mm -hmm. You'll be a fucking mess. And that's great. That's actually great. You know what you would do? 
You would kiss their fucking feet. That's what you would do. You would kiss their feet and weep because you got it. Arms. No! <laughs> I would not kiss his feet. I mean, he's probably got boots on or something. Well, because he's got socks. That's, what uh, that's our practice. Okay. Or at least that's mine. Oh, I see, I wanted to. That's your practice. <laughs> I don't think I would. That's my practice. That's probably not watching, socks. but I'd probably not kiss your socks. I think I would smell his armpits, though. You would literally? Yeah. Because what if I never smell them again? Wow, that's crazy. There are lots of smells everywhere. <laughs> Because you go into the details, you know what you love. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So who would you be if you actually let that sink in? Now over time, that levels out. You're not a nut job with that exercise, okay? But it's good, and it's gonna tip you into the wildness for a while because you've been repressing something so huge. It's gonna have you act a little kooky. And that's a great thing, okay? So you may wanna let people know in your life that you're taking on this practice, just so that they can have a context for your behaviors, okay? You may drive, your, your whole drive from leaving your house saying goodbye to your children, to wherever, may have you cry like you've never cried, okay? It won't be that way always. It might be for a month. And, and if it is that way for a month, it doesn't mean you're losing it, okay? Because we're so used to things being fast and quick in our, in our culture. I'm like, oh my God, it's been a month, I'm still crying. Well, good, because you've been hiding from it your whole life. You got a little backlog. It levels out. And how it levels out then is the way you look at others starts to change. The way you allow yourself, the way, see, it reigns the ego in. It starts to chip away at our tendencies that err on the side that, that, are, that are the way we are trying to navigate our, our wounds that have not been fully healed or our, our egoic concerns and worries of being alone or not good enough and not doing enough. That's all the stuff that plays out when we're jerky to each other. When you take on this practice of literally getting that you may not see your house again, you probably will. Not guaranteed. Just that awareness of not guaranteed is so life-changing. It will so change as you let that awareness sink in almost in the way that a good venom would. It just will take you over. It will infuse you and it will completely change how you treat yourself, how you treat other people, how you view your possessions and your belongings, you'll actually start to get nothing is yours. Nothing. The thing you call your house 
Not your house. The thing you call your money, not your money. You start to see that nothing you can hold, nothing. And that is the entrance into a life of freedom. And how it balances out is the ability to be fully engaged in your life without clutching or grasping or attempting to control. It allows you to play in the intimacy and the mystery of your life with such gratefulness and such love that you'll start to get who and what you really are and why you're really here. Um, oh, Thanks. wait, one, one more thing, oh. one more thing. Um, another thing that you can do for yourself or for others that are navigating change and loss and grief during the holidays, this is an important one, is helping them to create a new ritual. And you're so good at rituals, so maybe you want to speak a little bit more about that. But sometimes it can, it can really help to set a place for someone mm -hmm. that's, that's not joining you for a, a meal that you're used to seeing. Um, to start creating a new ritual around the, this person's, uh, the, the absence, the, you know, the, the tangible absence that you may be feeling. And to connect to, um, in what way do you want to honor them? Did you ever put, did you guys have a seat, a seat for Nana? Well, it's more like candles and photographs. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. candles Would you photographs. have a, a spot for mm -hmm. her though? It was at her spot or a no, spot? No, I don't see. Okay. No. Just, Just nearby. Yep. Nearby and, uh, you know, our family does cremation. It's like, you know, one day's like death. Cremation. There's cremation. Okay. <laughs> so ashes of the person in the room for sure mm -hmm. uh, is, has been a part of it. But even a ritual around, you know, when, when Michael and I got divorced and that was a huge mm. shift in like what, how we're navigating holidays and the loss there. Uh, what is the plan for the kids? Blah, mm. blah, blah. And I found, you know, there were certain things that he just took care of and certain things that I took mm -hmm. care of. And then those first couple of years of doing that without him was a really big shift. And when I noticed experiencing the loss and the missing mm -hmm. of, you know, the little things that he would do, uh, I would just imagine him doing that. Um, and, and also just being really grateful. Many of you know that meta practice is one that is very close to to what I do every single day and in many situations. And this was certainly one of them where I would just pause for a moment and see him being happy and healthy and peaceful and um, not experiencing any suffering himself on this transition and new holiday because it was even a bigger shift for him and change for him. Uh, and honoring that, that, that even though we were apart and chose to be apart, we were probably experiencing similar feelings. I didn't reach out and tell him about any of those feelings. I, I just was in it with him in a different mindset and different place. And I think a great indicator, um, if, 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 if you're navigating a new change and you feel anger and animosity toward the other person and what Jeannie's talking about, <laughs> if, if that's not something accessible, uh, wishing the other person well-being and happiness and peace and freedom, that is, a, that is telling you something important. It doesn't mean you're a jerk 
right. or a bad person. Send um, all those things to yourself it, then. It, it, that, and it tells you your anger, your mind needs expression mm -hmm. and an outlet that doesn't do any harm to yourself or another person or to children that you may have together. Because So if there is anger at a sudden change, right? In, in, in partnerships, sometimes one person, surprise, mm -hmm. um, change. And it, it, it can be shocking and there can be anger. And if you're not able to generate that authentic longing for another's well-being, then that's a really great indicator of go talk to someone because it needs expression. Mm -hmm. We can't get to, and again, that's being tr the truthful with your living experience in, in, in the now. And by not expressing it, we can get stuck in it. So we can make great referrals to people, both local and that can work, that work with individuals um, on a, on a non-local basis. If you're finding that there is someone in your life where there was a change where you're still finding, I, I'm not moving out of anger. I'm really angry at this person. I do not wish them well. F them, right? Mm -hmm. They did this, they did that. And that, it needs some expression and it needs witnessing unless you want to be right about your perspective. And then that's a pretty tough road. To me, that's the road of suffering, which you also are welcome to choose. Okay, that may not have been the best note to end on. <laughs> and that's where I ended. We love you. Love you. <laughs> Bye friends. Come visit us and we'll warm up the studio for you. There's lots of suffering that's unnecessary, so. Get some help. Get some support. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.